Turn to them in your Bible, if you would, to the book of Genesis. Quickly, if you would, please. Genesis, for just a little while tonight. Genesis chapter number 28. Take your Bible, if you would, please. Follow with me to that place. Welcome all of you who have just joined us by way of live stream and by radio around the world. We sure appreciate you tuning in tonight. I've talked to some of our folks who's out on the West Coast watching the ball game today. And I asked them how their service was, and they said, well, last week's service was great. They watched Andrew preach this morning. I said, well... Why? He said, because with the device I've got, we can't live stream. So I guess they got almost live stream. Since it's a week old, that's not dead stream. That's almost live stream. Amen. And so it's so good. Take your Bibles now tonight. I want to talk to you tonight about this subject. A wounded wrestler. A wounded wrestler. Or... WWF, wrestling with the father. (laughs) You'll get that after a while. You folks who watch wrestling on television. WWF, wrestling with the father. I noticed that impressed all of you. I thank God that I was able to impress some of you folks tonight. I must apologize to my wife. And also, I guess to my son, I told them that I was going to start tonight a series, four series, on the book of Job. And I spent all night long last week, one night, studying the book of Job. And then I was started yesterday in preparing the first message entitled, The Mother of All Wars. And I got to Job chapter 1 and felt so unworthy to preach out of the text. And so I'm not preaching out of the text tonight because I just don't think I could do it justice and Job and all of this he sinned not with his lips. I'm not sure I can do that so I'm going to wait a while before I start preaching to you on something I haven't lived yet. You're welcome. I hear these cocky boogers talking about Job and do it so flippantly and so loose. Man, I tell you, you come to my house and tell me all my kids just got killed. It's going to be hard for me to just praise God. You come to me and tell me all my coon dogs just got killed at one whack. I'm, I'm I'm going to have some real problems. My wife could praise God. And all my neighbors could bless God. But please understand that I, I, I told them that I was going to do that. Because I know there's many folks in our, in our service and in our, in our church that's suffering. And they've experienced great loss. Some of you have lost loved ones to death. Some of you have um, gone through some real trying times. Financially, emotionally. Physically, I know that. But I tell you, I, I think there's some places in the Bible you just need to tread on uh, with very tender care. And book, to me, the book of Job is just that kind of book. And, uh, 
And I know the whole book is, the devil is trying to steal the glory from God. The whole book is not about Job, about his sickness, about anything. It's about the devil wanting to rob God of his glory. Don't ever forget that. And so I think I'll wait till about 15 minutes after I die to preach to you on Job. And if you're there, you'll need it. You'll get that after a while. <laughs> so tonight, instead of starting a series on Job, I thought I would bring something a little lighter, but I think something that is so much, so much, so drastically needed among God's people. The Bible says, I'd like to begin just a little bit. Verse 22 of the book of Genesis chapter 28. Can I give you just a little bit of background to bring you up to date? Jacob has not seen his brother now for 20 plus years. Esau is very apprehensive because the last time Esau saw Jacob, he told him, I will kill you when my father dies. Jacob has lied and stole the blessing from the elder brother Esau. Jacob being a mama's boy, and that's all right. I was a mama's boy. And I was the only boy my mama had. I took advantage of that. But Jacob's mother realized the danger that he was in. So she arranged to have her husband Isaac send Jacob off to an elder and to a relative over in Iran. Great distance. Now he's gone and left. And he's been over in Iran for about 20 years. He went over there, a slick businessman, and met a slicker businessman in his uncle Laman. He worked seven years for the love of his life. Walked down the aisle, raised the veil to kiss her, and was Gomer would say, surprise. Surprise, surprise. It wasn't the one he loved. It was the sister, old droopy eye. I don't know what that means. But I'm sure Jacob was not the happiest camper in the tent that evening. Another deal, seven more years, and he will get the love of his life. He stayed there seven more years and worked and got the love of his life. Stayed a little longer and began to do, get in business with Uncle Layman. And God blessed Jacob. And Jacob left to ran a very wealthy man. He's on his way home now because God told him to leave Haran and go back to Canaan to his homeland. He's got to meet his brother Esau. The last time he saw Esau, Esau said, I'll kill you. I hate your guts. You're a thief. You're a conniver. You can't be trusted. You're a dead man if I ever see you again. Jacob is coming home. And in anticipation 
of meeting Esau. And Esau, very, very angry, he begins to connive again and work up a plan by which he can appease Esau with gifts. So he sends 220 goats, 220 sheep, 30 camels, 40 cows, 10 bulls, and 30 donkeys. You say, how do you know that? Because I just read it right there. And I'll tell you, if anybody wants to be wealthy, you take 220 goats down to sale today, you could leave enough to buy a cup of coffee, I suppose. But regardless of the deal, Esau, Jacob is trying to appease Esau. And then he breaks his troop up into three or four different batches and sends them ahead, hoping that this group will appease Esau a little. If I don't do it, then the next group will, will appease Esau just a little bit more. And when Jacob, when Jacob finally gets there, Esau will, you know, be receiving him with open arms. I read for you verse 21. And the Bible said, so went the present over before him. And himself lodged that night in the country. And he arose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his eleven sons and passed them over the fort Jabbok or the river Jacob. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he, Jacob, said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. He said unto him, What is thy name? He said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. Jacob asked him, said, tell me, I pray thee thy name. He said, wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. For I've seen God. Face to face, and my life is preserved. I have seen God face to face. Now, I bet that would change a lot of us, don't you imagine? I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Oh, Jacob knew when he had met God, everything could be out with Esau now. Amen. I mean, if God is on your side, you don't have to worry about the Jacobs of this world or the Esau's of this world if God is on your side. And I believe he is. Don't you believe that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world? Why do we go about doubting so much? Notice now, if you would please, I'd like to just help you a little bit more. This is not the first time that Jacob has had an experience with the Lord. Let me show you back in chapter number 28, if you would please. Chapter 28 of the book of Genesis. Now Jacob is leaving his hometown. Jacob is leaving Bathsheba 
uh, and he's, he's leaving because mama has said that Esau is after you. And so in verse number 10, and Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place. And he tarried there all night. Now don't forget this is 20 years prior to the other reading. This is 20 years prior to when he said, I saw God face to face. Because the sun was set and he took of the stones of that place and put them for pillows. Now them folk must have been tough. I have trouble with my pillows getting hard with duck feathers in them. These guys are so tough, they just take a rock, lay it down, and use it for a pillow. They're tough. And he laid down that place to sleep. Now, the miracle was that he went to sleep on that rock. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending And descending on it. And behold the Lord stood above it. And said. I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father. And the God of Isaac. The land whereup thou now liest to thee. Will I give it unto thy seed. God hadn't changed his mind about that. Did you hear me? God has not changed his mind about that. God didn't give the Palestinians that. Bible land. God did not give that to Ishmael. Give it to Isaac. Jacob is Israel. Jacob is the father of the nation. Jacob, I'm going to give it to you. Now that happened a long time ago. Before Brother Obama took office. Before Carter got there. Carter should have stayed with peanuts. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. And Jacob awake out of his sleep. And he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place. This is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob arose up early in the morning, took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar. There's a lot of difference in a pillow and a pillar. Just found in the same section of the dictionary. They are different. Same stone can be used for both if you have a hard head. And he called the name of the place Bethel. By the way, Bethel means the house of the Lord. And he called the name Bethel. That the name of that city was called Lust at the first. Jacob vowed a vow. Now notice saying. If God will be with me. And will keep me in this way that I go. And will give me bread to eat. 
and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in what? 20 years before he came back to Esau. 20 years before he'd ever spent 20 years down at Uncle Laban's place. 20 years before God told him, go back. If God will do this and bring me back in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. Anybody here tonight willing to make the Lord their God? And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give thee the tenth unto thee. Jacob said, if God will bless me, I'd be foolish not to give him a tenth. Now, that's not a tenth out of what you got left when you pay all of your stuff off. Uh, That's not when you get through enjoying your stuff, then you give God a tip and say, this is the tenth. Quit lying about it. Quit stealing from God. And I'll tell you, if God... We'll do all of that for me. If God will be with me, and he has been, and if God will keep me in the way, and he has, and if God will go with me everywhere I go, and he does, and will give me bread to eat, my wife has a bread maker. Hallelujah. Thank God I'll be healthier next week because I don't eat that other stuff. And raiment to put on, I'd be stupid not to give God a tenth. The wounded wrestler. Note if you want, would please, 20 years prior, Jacob has had an experience with God. After 20 years, Jacob is now coming home. Don't forget Bethel is where he saw the ladder. But please don't forget it was at Jacob that he saw the Lord. You might remember it was Bethel. He became a believing man. But at Jacob, he became a broken man. God don't use people that has not been broken. God does not dwell in the proud and the haughty. But God dwells in the broken and contrite heart. Don't don't believe God's going to use a proud, arrogant individual who's got it all figured out. God only uses those that God has broken. And it may take 20 years working for Uncle Layman. It may take 20 years uh, of looking at the wrong woman. It may take 20 years of conniving. It may take that. And it may take going back and facing up to some of your wrongdoings and some of your sins and some of your wrong choices. But put her down. God will always use a broken individual. Don't forget now, it was at Bethel he became a son of God. But it was a Jacob who became a saint of God. There's a lot of difference in a son and a saint. Don't forget it was at Bethel he died to his sins. But it was a Jacob he died to himself. One thing to die to your sins. Next thing to die to flesh and pride and arrogance. And accomplishments. Can we have an amen now? 
You see, we not only, all of us need a Bethel experience. We need an experience where that we meet the Lord and where we come identified face to face with the Lord. And when the Lord brings our sins before us and when we become a son of God, but that's not the end of it. We must also have a Jacob experience. It was at Bethel, bless your heart, that he left with a spring in his step. But it was at Jacob he left with a limp in his walk. After he'd spent a night wrestling with God. And God, man, what a strong man old Jacob must have been. Wrestled with God all night long. And it started to get daylight. And the angel of God said, hey son, turn me loose. Jacob said, not on your life, buddy. I'm hanging on till you bless me. These five-minute prayers ain't going to get it done. These now lay me down to sleep. Hope my soul will pay to keep. That, that ain't going to get done. You want God to bless? You got to hang on, man. You got to hang on till God says we're through, not you. Anybody here tonight? Well, Lord, just bless me and my two. Amen. Praise God. That ain't going to get it. Old Jacob wrestled all night long. Wrestled face to face. Wrestled physically. Wrestled, if you please, spiritually. Wrestled emotionally. An angel said, now it's getting daylight. And we got to get this thing over with. And Jacob said, I'm sorry. I'm just not going to turn you loose until you bless me. The angel looked at him and said, what's your name? He said, my name is Jacob. It means surplanter. It means a deceiver. It means a, a, a wily in business. It means shifty. My name is Jacob. The angel said, not any longer. It's going to be called Israel, a prince of God. No longer a conniving businessman. No longer uh, 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 just shoot him as you go. No, no longer is uh, the last man standing. No, sir. You've been changed, Jacob. No longer is your name going to be called Jacob. But you're going to be called Israel because you'll have power with God and with man. And everywhere you go, everybody that sees you is going to see that you've spent some time with God. I'm going to change your walk, Jacob. This is more than being saved. God is preparing Jacob for a great work now. And I just believe with all of my heart tonight, many of us, many of us tonight can give a definite Bethel experience. A time when we met the Lord. A definite time of salvation when all things become new. Old things passed away. Many of us can talk about that. All of us need that. But what's so frightening is in today's economy, not many people ever go any farther than that. About the only thing we can say is, thank God I'm saved. They get saved and that's it. They can tell you all about Bethel, but they never do. They keep it quiet. 
And they have all kinds of excuses why they don't talk about the Bethel. Well, preacher, God didn't call me to be a soul winner. God called you to be a witness of what has happened to you. Amen. You don't have to know the Roman road and the Jericho road and, uh, and the Roman. You don't need to know all them roads. Hey, just Paul said, say, let me tell you what happened to me on the road to Damascus. Nine times he talks about that. He refers over and over. Let me tell you what happened to me. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of my Bethel experience. May I help you tonight in my personal opinion. While we must have that Bethel experience, if we ever intend to go to heaven. And many of you have asked about my sister. And she is the one that not too many days after I got saved, I got a plane ticket in Farmer's Branch, Texas. That's back when we flew out of Love Field. And I got a ticket to Long Beach, California and walked in and led my sister to Christ there in her bedroom. And so she, she graduated from off that bed of affliction, off that bed of, of a, a stroke, of being able to move her hand just a little bit. She moved into a brand new body last night. We're not, we're not feeling sorry for Jesse. We're praising God that Jesse's gone. And I'm thanking Jesus Christ that he'll get all the glory for it. Not son, Gene, or anybody else, but he'll get. And I thank God Jesse had a Bethel experience. I'm not too sure that she ever had a Jacob experience. When did you have that experience that changed not only your mind, but your heart? Peter, when they are converted, feed my sheep. Peter had already been saved. Peter, when you act right and do right and, and, and are right, then you feed my sheep. Oh, Not only do we need that Bethel experience to take care of the wiles of a Haran, but we need that Jacob experience if we're ever going to be hoped to use of the Lord. God does not use folks who have not been to Jacob. Preacher, I, I don't know what's wrong with my experience. I tell you, I'm saved, but I'm having some trouble. I'm having some trouble. I, I just, there's some things in my life that, that absolutely overpowered me. I don't want them to. Can anybody say amen about all of us? Yeah. And there's some things. Listen, the Jacob experience is wrestling with the flesh. Buddy Jacob must have some muscles in that flesh to wrestle with God all night long. Huh? Jacob said, I'm not giving up. By the way, how easy does your flesh and your appetites give up? Well, I think old so-and-so ought to straighten up and fly right. Well, he probably will since you're judge and jury over everything down here. 
Well, I think old sister so-and-so uh, is, a, is, a, is not doing what she ought to do. I think you ought to just take care of your own flesh. And I think you just need to get someplace by yourself. And just you and God, and maybe you and God deal with some of your stuff. I know I have a lot of trouble with my stuff. I don't have much time to take care of Jim's stuff. And Jim's got a lot of stuff. But I, I tell you, I, I have enough stuff of myself to take care of. Now, please let me, let me help you a little bit. Jacob spent the night wrestling with the Lord. And he was never, never, never the same. Has anybody commented lately about you? Boy, there's a difference about you. Has the kids said, Boy, Daddy, sure different. Has your teenager said, Boy, my mom, she's your different she used to be. Oh, we all know we're saved. Yes, sir. We've all been to Bethel. Yes, sir. We've seen the ladder. Yes, sir. We've seen it. We've heard it. We've heard it preached. It's there. But is there any difference? You see, Bethel is taking care of the spirit. Jacob is taking care of the flesh. Any of you got any flesh hanging around? They gets thirsty, gets cocky, gets proud. Any of you got that tagging around? Maybe we need to take up wrestling. I think a good wrestling match would help some of us. I'm not talking about with your wife now, fellas. She could whoop you hands down. Don't ever marry a younger woman. You get 73, they can whoop you. Amen. If you get any love Mary letters, you're in in bad shape. If your wife can whoop you. Amen. You don't know what I'm talking about. Me, my wife, and the Collins know what I'm talking about. I think tonight, I just, I think we can learn something from Jacob, the wounded wrestler. Number one, Jacob used his loneliness to his and God's benefit. The Bible said, and he was alone. Did you get that? Did you get that? Look at verse 30, chapter 32. And you'll find what I'm talking about. In verse 24, and Jacob was left alone. All he had was gone. Everything that he had worked for and connived for and labored for 
is now across the river. And everybody he's loved is now across the river. And Jacob is alone. In his loneliness, he experienced something. In his loneliness, he experienced God in his fullness. Maybe old Jake ain't feeling sorry for himself. Maybe Jacob must have decided, yep, I cheated Jacob, Esau. Yep, I'm right where I need to be. Yep, I don't need to call in the lonely ladies heart club. In his loneliness, he shook the Lord and not relief for his temporary flesh crying out. I'm by myself. I'm lonely. Amen, Reverend. That's a good point. When there ain't nobody there but you and God, it's a good time to get serious with God. Turn the television off. Throw the brew in the garbage can. And all the ugly pictures, throw them in the next neighbor's yard and tell them tomorrow they're sorry and need to get saved for reading pornography. You say you wouldn't do that. No, I wouldn't. But you don't need it. He was alone. What do we do when we're alone? We think about how bad it is being alone. Do you realize if you're alone, you don't have to talk to anybody? Glory! Do you realize if you're alone, you can go to McDonald's and order a biggie size and nobody will say, you're going to gain weight and get cancer. Can you imagine being alone and going coon hunting anytime you want to? Just you and God, just a coon out and having a good time. Of course, I guess old Jake didn't take a dog with him. So he just got serious with God. Amen. You know, loneliness, being by yourself, can really be a blessing. That's when you and God can really get serious about this thing. Hmm? Amen. And maybe that's why God had old Jake by himself now. He ain't got his two women to talk about. And I hadn't got the two, uh, the two waitresses to talk about. And I hadn't got the 11 kids running around raising Cain. If a Christian is to be a strong in the Lord, he must experience his pre-service. God must get you ready for service. The Bible said, be still and know that I'm God. You know, the trouble with most of us, God can't catch us. Our schedule is too full. Amen. 
I mean, if we don't hurry up and get on with it, it, it's not going to get done. The Bible says, I will hear what God, the Lord, will speak. I think we need to learn to appreciate being alone. Now, I don't mean to that that I don't like being with my wife. But it seems like since I got a little older, everybody wants somebody to go with me everywhere I go. I think they'll think I forget where I live. (laughs) And I got a GPS that homes back to where I live. I mean, it just takes me back. But I love being alone in a truck. I love just just thinking. I love having my Bible at my right hand. I love just going down the road, just just thinking. Just just being by myself. Just listening to what God says. We need to learn to appreciate being alone. Jacob was alone and God met with him when he was alone. Not only I'd like to say this and I'd like to help you. And you say, preacher, why'd you do this instead of Job? Well, I needed both of them. Not only was Jacob very much alone. Secondly, Jacob was very much alive. Look at verse 24 and 25 in your Bible. If you would please, in verse 24 and 25, Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him. Until the breaking of the day. Now I want you to know something. I couldn't wrestle with the smallest kid all night long. Now, I know this is going to surprise you, but I look like a very muscular, strong, enduring individual. I know you're overwhelmed that a man being 73 can do the feats that I do. Without ever leaving the ground. But if somebody wanted to wrestle for two hours. I think I'd have to get help. I can't even breathe two hours by myself. My wife has to walk by and hit me in the gut to just help me breathe there once in a while. Jacob wrestled all night. Must have been a lively fellow. Anybody can keep up with 11 kids, two wives, and two maids. It's got to be pushed out. And I know this, verse 25. And when you saw that he prevailed not against him. I don't know about you, but I saw one time an angel kill 70,000 men by himself. 70,000 men by himself, an angel. I don't know if that's one that old Jake was racing or not, but I'll tell you if it was, I don't want nothing to do with Jake. He was very much alive. The angel was not able to overcome Jacob. And Jacob represents the man of the flesh. And I want you to know, flesh is very stubborn I'm just going to use a personal illustration. You say, well, I I don't like you doing that. Okay, I'll not do it anymore after tonight. 
I smoked. Started smoking when I was 16. I started smoking because I was the projector man in my dad's theater. My dad had a theater in Tennessee. And at 10 cents, you'd get into the movie once Saturday night. We had movies Saturday night. Everybody come out of the hollers and everybody come to my dad's theater. And I ran the projectors. So I nobody's up there. Daddy wasn't there. Nobody's there. I got bored. Went down to the store. Got me some cools. I thought if you'd smoke cools, you'd be cool. Super cool. After about 14 hugs of the toilet commode, I finally taught myself how to give myself cancer. (laughs) I wallowed out probably two miles of honeysuckles of teaching myself how to inhale. And finally, buddy, with much tenacity, I learned how to kill myself with a weed. And I smoked or smoked that two packs a day for 10 years. The day I got saved, wham. I took the Marlboros. Now I have graduated from cool to Marlboro. Because I could picture myself on a horse with a sheepskin jacket. (laughs) Riding across the prairie. And I thought that would be cooler than cool. So the day I got saved, I took the Marlboros and laid them in the top of my toolbox. I was a tool and die maker. They laid there and was never touched again. I did not ask God to help me quit because I did not ask God to help me start. Would you believe 20 to 30 years later, I would dream at a cigarette and wake up with tears in my eyes. That's addiction, buddy. Flesh is tough. One night, I even dreamed that I dreamed I'd smoked a cigarette and woke up crying because I'd rent my testimony. Flesh. You don't play with flesh. You don't teach flesh bad habits, but... Flesh got enough bad habits. Yeah, you, you don't need to feed the flesh. Amen. And Jacob stubbornly wrestled with God all night long. And the flesh crying out, I'll not quit. The flesh saying, I will not quit. The flesh saying, I will not. I will not. And the angel said, Jacob... Man, you got to let go. It's daylight. Jacob said, I will not let go until we deal with this flesh matter. And God gave him a spiritual name, not a flesh name. His name is no longer conniver, surplanter, and cheater. But now he's the prince of God. Now he has power with God and with man. Wow. 
I think maybe some of us might need to drop by the brook tonight and appreciate the lonely times when we can get with God and God with us. I don't think we need to be talking about Job till we've stopped at the brook. I don't think we need to boisterously preach as if Job had not lost much because Job lost it all. And he said, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, yes, we all need that ladder, don't we, Jim? We all need the Bethel deal. Well, we need to be made new creatures in Christ. That's not the end of it, because the flesh just not, does not want to die. I must close. I don't know why all the ball games have been played, and I know who won. but I'm not going to tell anybody because I'm too good a Christian for that. I've been to Jacob. (laughs) Now look at this, and I want to close. What time is it? Oh, yes. Jacob was very much alone, and I've been there. I have. And I was there by the plan of God, not by my plan. I was there a long time. Maybe God had me there for a long time so that I could tell some of you who now are alone. Since you're saved, you're never alone. Did you hear that? Since you've been saved, you're never alone. We need to realize that tonight. I can talk about the lonely motel rooms. I can talk about having the thermostats locked up in Ohio and it's so cold. And they won't open them in, in, in the motel rooms. I talk about having nurses come to my room and give me a shot so that I could go sing and preach. And they give me a shot to put me back in bed and then doing the same thing tomorrow. And I can talk about being in Weatherford, being so sick, I just could not hardly make it. And they give me a shot to get up so I could go preach and sing, and a shot to put me back to bed, and tomorrow do the same thing. I can talk about all those lonely, 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 I'm talking about lonely days. And lonely nights. Maybe I had them. Because I can stand before you tonight. And tell you that's when God becomes real precious. You meet God with tears running down your face. You meet God with a broken heart. You meet God when you're absolutely at the bottom. You meet God when there's nobody who loves you or cares whether you live or die. And that's when you get real close to the brook. And that's when God says, son, I'll be your God. He was greatly alone. He was greatly alive. But it was greatly altered. He left. Not a victim or a captive to the flesh. But he left. The prince of God. I just think maybe. 
If you look at verse 25 through 27, he was a broken man. God brought him here for a purpose. Verse 25, the Bible said, And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. You see, I just believe before you can ever be a blessed man, you've got to become a broken man. If you can sing, I can handle this job all by myself, God will say, good luck. Because you can't handle this all by yourself. And about the time you think you're going to handle it by yourself, there'll be a heart breaking experience come your way. There'll be a loss that you was not expecting. There'll be a hurt that you were not prepared for. And about the time you get on the top of the mountain, here comes one of God's people just sent by God to knock you off of your joy. Amen. Amen. He was greatly altered. He was a blessed man, verse 28 through 30. And don't ever forget this. Verse 31 through 32, he was a branded man. I think if we need anything, it's that in our brokenness, we realize who we need to turn to. And when God blesses us, it may not be according to our standards, but it'll always be better for us. If you would ask Jacob, do you need a limp? Jacob, do you need your thigh out of joint? Jacob, you're a lively individual. You've wrestled all night. Jacob, would you welcome a hitch and you get along? Jacob said, no, I don't think I'd like that. But it was the best thing for Jacob. God broke him. God blessed him. And God branded him. Anybody wanting to carry the brand of God? Anybody wanting to hear somebody say, well, you know, you act like you're a Christian. Anybody want to hear that you're a blessed man? I just think maybe tonight, good wrestling would be good for all of us just to spend a little time wrestling with God about your problem instead of putting it all over Facebook. I can't help you. My wife can't help you. All of the soap opera Drama in our church can't help you. We don't need everybody's drama. I got enough of my own. Especially since I said this, because my wife going to get angry at me after a while. But who cares? 
I don't care how many toes your canary's got. And I don't care if your pet rock is sick. Take it to the Lord and leave it there. Leave it there. Thank God we didn't have an iPhone in Jacob's day or he had never had time to get along with God. He'd have been too busy texting. I was eating today and a little girl walked right up by me. Boy, she was wearing that thing out. I thought to myself, when are you going to hit back and erase? Because when I send a text... If it'll be all right with you, I ain't going to tell nobody. Just me and God's going to take care of it. Amen. Down by the brook. Well, there ain't nobody but me and God. My kids has never heard one negative thing about their mom. My kids have never heard One iota of explanation. I don't have to explain myself. If I'm serving God and honoring God with my life. No soap opera. No drama. Just let God take care of the flesh. Let God take care of the hurt. Let God take care of the sorrow. Okay? I've been needing to say that for some time. You say, well, you're talking to me. Yes. Did that help you? You ask me, am I talking to you? Yes. Double yes. Take it to the Lord and leave it there. I've never seen so much Soap operas and involvement by people who it's none of their business. And you let stupid little stuff affect you. Affect your serving God, affect your wives, affect dear Lord. Build your bridge and get over it. Now if you want to call me after a while. I'll answer. But you're not going to like the answer. You said, I'll leave. Yeah, and you'll be back when you find out what you got here. Amen. 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 Don't you think we all might need to take up wrestling? 